0: I am a sick man. I am a spiteful man. I am an unattractive man. I believe my liver is diseased. I felt them positively swarming in me, these opposite elements. They drove me to convulsions and sickened me. I did not know how to become anything, neither spiteful nor kind neither a hero nor an insect. Now I am living out my life in my corner, taunting myself with the spiteful and useless consolation. Even if I had had magnanimity, I should only have had more suffering from the sense of its uselessness. It is only the fool who becomes anything. The whole principle falls into dust. Tom and Steve listen to the spirit of the age. All they hear is Notes from Blunderground.
1: Thank you for joining us today on Notes from Blunderground. My name is Tom, and I'm with my wingman, Steve. How you doing? Today we are with you to uh to run through Twitter and run through the recent events. Uh, I guess the two are going to kind of coincide today. Uh, we do have a I do have a thread that came out on my Twitter feed over the weekend. And I do want to talk about that a little bit, uh, but uh, also too we've had some big events, and uh, obviously these big events have been all over Twitter uh, this weekend. And so, uh, if you're uh, if you're listening, and uh, it, and uh, it's all fairly recent for you, it should be an interesting show. Uh, we're going to start off uh, with uh, this happened, I think it was uh, a couple days ago. Uh, I believe it was the uh, the Yale professor. So we have uh, Yusuke Narita. You heard of this guy? Now this
2: this Japan stuff is, is all new to me.
1: Yeah, Yasuki Narita, and he is an economist at Yale, and so, um, uh, he came out and pretty shocked shocked people. Uh, what he was talking about was he was talking about mass suicide. All right, so if you're not familiar uh, with the, uh, if you're not familiar with the situation in Japan. Yeah, Japan is in a currently is in a demographic crisis. Uh,
2: Wait, what do you mean?
1: Uh, well, what they are is they're in a demographic crisis, uh, and so this is because uh, uh, I think probably the first question is why you should care, and uh, this is um, a problem that we see across the Western world. Okay, but it really started in Japan. So uh, what we have is in Japan, we have uh, they, they had at first they had a um, they had a crisis of masculinity. Uh, where, uh, and then they had a breakdown of the family, uh, they had a breakdown of marriage. Uh, and so effectively, uh, people in Japan, uh, they don't get married anymore and they also don't have kids. Uh, and so obviously this isn't true across the board. I mean, some people do, but, uh, for a vast majority of people, uh, they live a single life. Uh, it, a part of it's cultural.
2: Yeah. I had heard their population was in decline. That's about all I heard.
1: Yeah, they really, uh, they uh, they really are having a population issue. uh, In in terms of an actual extinction, Uh, they actually, um, industrial countries can uh, forecast out their population uh, losses uh, for many, many decades and see how bad things will get. Well, Japan is the only place in the world where you can actually forecast out the demographic numbers to total extinction.
2: Oh, huh, that's so, comforting.
1: Yeah, right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so Japan, the, the the Japanese need to do something actively in order to avoid, you know, being extinguished from the earth. Uh, and so, uh, this started, and, and a lot of this was um, a lot of this was related back to um, the uh, the uh, part of it's cultural because the men they they have the working culture there. You know, you've probably heard of that, the Japanese working culture where they work all the time.
2: Uh, I thought that
1: was everywhere. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I guess it is now. But you know, we do it these days out of necessity, and yeah. in Japan they do it uh, here out of a culture. You know, okay. and it's not, and okay. they have a culture where everything is so regimented. And and so, I, I think uh, an anecdotal story that I read one time, uh, I forget somewhere, was uh, it's just it's not something that's on the the, the mind of people. Where whereas like, so when people think about having children. Um, you know, so uh, when people think about having children, they, uh, they oftentimes will live in a small apartment, or they're working a long, uh, they're working a lot, and they don't, they're not in a situation to to raise a child, so they don't think about raising the child. And then, and even uh, uh, sex can be is really weird. You know, like the the anecdotal story I heard was about uh, it was a married couple. And um and so they never saw each other because they were always working and, and it's like they they literally never saw each other. Still talking about Japan? Yeah, I'm talking about Japan. Okay. <laughs> and so uh and so I'm talking about Japan. So in Japan they, they, they never saw each other. So they yeah. were sitting there one day and, and they had a chance to have some meal together. Yeah. So they got some like takeout noodles and they're sitting there and they got like half an hour to spend time with one another. And so I guess the one partner looks at the other partner and they go, Hey, you know, and they go, uh, you know, these are a married couple, okay? This is a husband and wife. And so the one partner, I think it was the, 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 the man, looks at the wife and he says, hey, you know, we, we got to have sex sometime, you know? And the wife looks at the husband and she goes, yeah, you know, that's a really good idea. She goes, I- I'm really not free this week, but next week on Wednesday I could probably be free like from pencil like- pencil you in? Yeah, I could be free from like 11 o'clock to 12 <laughs> o'clock. Does that work for you? And the, the husband's like, "Uh, yeah, I can, I can be free for that hour. And the wife's like, yeah, well, that's a good idea, so let's go and plan it. And that was like the one time they had sex that month you know because they just like made an hour because they're eating noodles and they're like hey this would probably be a pretty good idea let's pencil it in right do
2: you do you know there's an average in America for that too is there yeah oh and it's surprisingly low uh, it's uh, it's it so it's christmas birthday and once a month the average is 14 times a year wait what yeah that's got to be skewed from on, other uh I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some cellar dwellers that are that are screwing those numbers up for maybe. us. Maybe,
1: yeah, possibly.
2: I'm definitely helping out the numbers, but <laughs> I'm not bragging. I'm just saying. Yeah, man, I know. Just... I I was like, because I was shocked when I heard. that. I heard about it a year ago. Wow, is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Birthday. Wow, man. Christmas, and then about once a month. So, wow, man. I... And I guess it's because people are so busy. I mean, they 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 were joking about doing what you were just talking about the couple in Japan doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, but. I guess they're actually doing that over there now? It's like a it's a thing? Well, I think the thing is that they, they don't, like, the whole point of the anecdotal story, okay,
1: is that they're not thinking about it actively. Like, someone makes the suggestion and then the other person is like, oh, yeah, you know, like, that probably would be a good idea. Right? Like, they're not really in that mindset where they're in the mindset of, oh, you know, love and marriage, and then comes the baby carriage, you know, yeah. like, they're not. So, th- their population has been in, in decline, and so what this means is it means there's a lot more elderly people because if you're say for example that you grow old you don't have any children well then there's no one to take care of you and so what happens is you end up so this is how it usually happens in societies you end up with a voting block that obviously voting blocks vote in their own rights Right. So, yeah. you know, yeah, if it, no matter, you know, if you're part of a, a certain demographic group and or, or an age group and you have more people to vote than other people do, then you're going to get your way. Right. Yep. I mean, this in the it's the boomers here in America. So. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, will do that. So I'm, I'll do a thread on the boomers and then we don't have to talk about sex anymore. Right? <laughs> so there. Okay. So we'll do that. So the um, um the uh, so that's the boomers in America. Uh, so the. Um, uh, anyhow, uh, once that uh, that block, gets to be a certain age it gets to be elderly age then they can vote for their they're voting for their own interest and that's the interest of the elderly so they're voting for the interest of people who are older and what happens is the younger people basically have to live in a world that caters to the older people and this doesn't really work because the younger people are like they're the people trying to run the country they're they're like hey we're going to be running things so like we need all this stuff but the older block keeps voting all the benefits and everything you know into their into their block and so so eventually Japan has been doing this, and, uh, and it's been an issue. And so what's happening is, uh, uh, um, and you see this all over the world, by the way, okay? So for, this happened in France recently uh, when, uh, when Macron tried to raise the retirement age by two years.
2: Oh man! Right, people
1: flipped out. Well, yeah, they did. But here's the thing, and this goes back to where. See, we did like a three hour podcast about professional wrestling, right? I mean, like we don't always talk about sex. So the the always we did. So uh, in in France, right? It's the same issue uh, that we did about the Eric Weinstein, uh, the the model. Um, whereas France is facing financial insolvency for the young and in order to in order to stave off that financial insolvency they want to raise the retirement age for 2 years
2: sounds like another country i know <laughs> Right. There you go. It kind of does. Again, it? are we talking about another country or ours? Right, right. No doubt. No doubt.
1: So, you know, when this happens, all the older people, right, they threaten, oh like, oh, they all take to the streets and then the middle aged people take to the streets and then the older people, they're like, No, we're not gonna use our voting block. We're never gonna allow this to happen. We'll, right. we'll vote you out before right. you have a chance to do it. Right. And so um and so what ends up happening is uh it's happens all over the world. So in Japan, which has been doing this a lot longer than most of us have. So we can look to Japan to see what's coming, right? In Japan all the older people now are are, are getting into be an advanced age. And so it's kind of a problem because the young people in in the young people in Japan need the old people in Japan to die because they don't really serve any sort of useful purpose. This, All this
2: right. Is, this is getting scary.
1: you right. Yeah, I know. It really is. So because they don't serve any sort of useful purpose. I mean, think about it. Right. So you're like you're some you're some guy. Right. And you don't have kids. And maybe you don't have a wife, right, or spouse. So you get really old, right, and now you need to be taken care of. So who's going to take care of you, right? Probably, you know, it could be your employer, right? Maybe they have, like, some sort of pension plan for you or, uh, you know, I mean, it could be yourself. But let's just assume because a lot of people we know are not independently wealthy, right? So the um, let's just assume maybe it's your employer that does it, or maybe it's the government that does it, and they do that through tax dollars, which are generated through employment, usually younger employment, right? Yeah. So you're said guy. Now you need to be taken care of in the old folks' home, and so now you're in the old folks' home, and you are being taken care of. Well, now, see, it, it has uh, an effect. All the people in the old folks' home that are taking care of the old folks – in a shrinking society, you need those people in the real economy, in the productive economy, that's making stuff and selling stuff and not just taking care of people. Yeah,
2: manufacturing, tech sector. Yeah,
1: no doubt. And then you need those people not only to get out of the old folks' home, but you need them to to get educated. Because, I mean, this is a a real issue in, in modern societies and in first world nations where a lot of the jobs these days are quantitative. OK, yeah. like this is like, for example, the reason that you and I podcast. Right. Because this could become something stable for us if we can talk about something in a way that's engaging, because the ability to talk about something engaging is an actual skill in the current year. Yeah. Whereas, you know, uh, being, for example, being a janitor. Doesn't require the amount of cognitive reasoning that it takes to to, to to work through complex problems. However, every single janitor just turned us off. Well, no, but Okay, but no. <laughs> no listen, no. I know plenty of janitors, and I love them all. Okay, right? No, seriously. Listen, one of the greatest guys I've ever met was was a janitor. I mean, he's great, man, and a great married guy. And I'm telling you,
2: no, I I, I admire him. Give us the Trump speech on janitors, please. Was it? A, <laughs> probably right I know, I know the best one. I know the best janitors
1: I mean, that's right he does that's right I love janitors Trump Tower Trump Tower has the best janitors in the world
2: right?
1: <laughs> that's right that's right they're unbelievable that's, hey, never that's right that's right exactly and, just, I, and you love it when I do that it's never gonna get old it never gets old man right? That's nope. right it never gets old that's right there are more janitors in Trump Tower than anywhere else in New York the best janitors in New York the best people, so we stole them all from Japan because they don't need them, anymore. right? That's right, that's right. So, but my, my point though is that, see, if you're in that area, that's the, those are the areas that are going to be threatened, okay? They're they're going to be threatened because, um, for example, I have a friend of mine, I was over to a friend's house recently, and um, they had this little bot that was running around, and it was like this little robot. And, um, and 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 I said, What in the world is this? And they said, Oh, this is our little robot that sweeps and mops the floor, Roomba. Oh, is that what it's called? It's called a Roomba.
2: Oh, is that right? And Roombas are great until you leave it going for the day while you're at work. Yeah. And you got a white carpet. Oh, yeah. And you have a dog. Oh. And it okay. has an accident. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. You, you you picking up what I'm putting down? Oh, yeah. Well, my friend doesn't have a dog, so. I mean, no. But, yeah, no. Yeah. Wow, yeah,
1: that's not they good. They had man. a brown carpet when they come home. That's not good, brown carpet. No, that's no good. Man, that's not good. So – but these – the people, they're going to have difficulty finding work. And so what – not only do you need to – and that would be, uh, for example, work like – anyhow – uh, so in Japan, they have all these older people, and they need them all to die because they, they need the resources, they need to, to work on the productive economy. They're not really serving a useful for a purpose. Now, if you are married, you have a spouse and children, you do serve a purpose. You serve a societal purpose of forming a family bond and having a lifetime investment into another person in a way that's beyond friendship. Yeah. And so that has a societal uh, positive attached to it. And so there's a reason to keep, people like that around because what you're doing is you're repaying the service that they did for you in all those formative years. But if you're just taking care of people that don't have children, then you're like, what are we doing around here, right? So this guy here, um, I believe his name is uh, Yasuki Narita. He says that uh, Japan needs a mass suicide for old people.
2: Like like a Heaven's Gate? Uh, I'm not really sure what that is. but uh, You don't remember the Heaven's Gate cult? Oh no! Way back in California, in California, it was in the in the nineties. Like they had this huge suicide pact. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh. So when you had briefly mentioned this to me before we started recording, right? I just googled Japan and euthanasia. Oh yeah, yeah. My goodness, they're talking about euthanizing old people as like a legitimate like topic. Right. Right. Like they they didn't we prosecute Kavorkian in like. Yeah, <laughs> like he well he he died uh at eighty three years old. Well, yeah, we called him like Doctor Death. Well, he, he was running around like a van, helping people die.
1: Yeah, no, he really was. It's really true. Uh, yeah, people, Kvorkian, people that wanted Kvorkian. to die. Yeah, these are people that wanted to die. Has yeah.
2: anybody asked the old people's opinion in Japan?
1: Like how do they feel about this. Well, I guess it's kind of a cultural hot issue, and I don't really want to speak for the people of uh, 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 the. Um, I don't really want to speak to people about it on Twitter. I mean, a lot of people are accusing him of hate speech, uh, but I I think that really it goes into the category of hard questions. I mean, like, and that's one thing that um, you know when we were talking about Eric Weinstein the other day about the four quadrant model that the free thinker is the person who wants to ask the difficult questions. And, and that's really what Twitter is. Twitter is about asking the hard questions but never getting any answers, you know. Well, that's t- he
2: he didn't even do it on an anonymous account. No, no, he didn't even so Oh, that's right. He didn't do it on he an just anonymous threw it out account. There. Yeah, that's right. No doubt. So, he didn't uh he did
1: uh yeah, he just kind of threw it out there. But the, the the reality though is that all of our All of our first world nations are getting increasingly older. And this is happening in China right now, and uh, so it's, it's a massive demographic problem because they have far fewer young people than they do older people. And so, how do you how do you avoid collapse in that way? Because especially in a society where um, you don't have uh, you don't have a market mechanism, or the state takes care of you, the state gains its money through taxes. And so, if there are less people to tax, then there's less there's less revenue overall. And then, when the state goes to take care of the older people, then they have to raise the taxes, which means that the younger people have to earn more in order to cover it. But, I, but since a lot of those people don't have children, there's no incentive for them to really
2: do that. I understand the math problem here. I mean, this is like ninth grade math we're doing at best. Sure, yeah. You know, but uh, this isn't really a hard question. Like, what do we do with the old people? They're people. We're not talking like chickens that don't lay eggs anymore. Oh yeah, right. No, no, absolutely. People. Yeah, no, absolutely. Is this is this a serious question like should we kill them off? How I
1: mean, many votes do we need? No, really? no, no, no. I don't think anybody uh at least certainly in that, not in my purview or myself, but the issue of what do we do as a society because like Weinstein was saying in terms of the uh in terms of the the the, the and in terms of the um uh, you remember the GDP versus the real income. Yeah. And and how we oftentimes will inflate, you know, we have bu- bubble and burst and so we use these to create narratives yep. to try to avoid talking about these difficult uh these difficult narratives that people are not going to get economically prosperous, right? Yeah. So like that's like in in uh, in France, right? So in France, you know, is they need to raise the retirement
2: age in order for the young people to survive. Yeah, the jig was up. Yeah, the jig's up, right? They, they they finally got to the point where somebody had to come out and be like, all right, well, everybody pretty much knows this, so here's the deal.
1: Right, I mean, and so, you know, when you don't talk about these things, they become, when you don't talk about these things, they
2: become very hard. To y- it's like a lie. It just builds on itself. It just, it just snowballs. It gets worse. Yeah. When you finally do bring it up, it, it's too late. Seriously, you just you've kicked the can down the road and down the road and down the road. Right. Because at some point you didn't want to make a hard decision. Yeah. And why? Because it's all politically motivated. Right. That's Every right. you're like ah, you know what? Next guy's problem. Yeah. Because right now I need my election. Right. Exactly. You know. So we're putting a soda machine in the senior hallway. Right. <laughs> like these are these are simple basic math problems, but I, I mean, when people are too busy to get it on and have a kid. I mean, I guess they're not going to pay attention to you know, uh politics really.
1: Well, a lot of it is a lot of it goes back to the nature of modern life. So in uh modern life like I've mentioned this before, like we're all like house cats, right? And so in the nature of modern life, we 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 like comfort too much. And so as you know, kids are uh the end of comfort right and if you you have more kids then you, you you just i mean you can live a comfortable life without kids once you have 3 you might as well just keep going it yeah. doesn't matter no that's right that's right but, uh, my wife and i realized that too late in life and so uh, i have 3 children and now that i have 3 children i didn't know that when when i we had 3 children i wasn't aware of this but now see now i know the truth which is that now i have 3 i might as well just have a baseball team yeah. you know i have 6
2: it's yeah. no different than right what no have and you might
1: just to have 9 and right or it 12 doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't, matter. doesn't matter like at this and like I told my wife uh, a couple of weeks ago I said you know if it was up to me at this point I would just have a baseball team you know like just
2: get a, you know it doesn't matter get two baseball teams I don't, oh, don't care Someone's got to make up for Japan Yeah man it like, sounds like there's profits involved <laughs> <laughs> And so, some and someone to vote for your you know livelihood later on. <laughs> right there you go. Yeah, so I'm going to vote for you. No, no, yeah. we're we're taking care of Tom. We got him. That's <laughs> right. So the um,
1: so the uh, yeah uh at that point, but it's the end of comfort, and it's not only about having kids, but it's also about um what Bill Myers would call the nobility of a high profession, right? Of having skills and being very skilled, and and also um. Be- being a leader in a high profession. And and again, we'll use this to transition a little bit uh, out of the Japan discussion and into the Ohio discussion, right? The Ohio explosion. Oh, yeah. Because here, let me ask this question. What, all right, so we have uh, uh, the chemical explosion in Ohio. Uh, uh which is a major event. That was a train wreck? Yeah, that no one's talking about, it's a train wreck. And we've also had a lot of fires uh for example at the uh, chicken factories and the uh and, and the, the cows factories mysteriously. And mysteriously. <laughs> and we've also uh, we've had uh, for example like uh you know the release of uh like uh, deadly toxins all over the world, you know China and the Wuhan and all in that 9 yards. Yeah. And you know we've had cattle dying and, and anyways, we've had a lot of these things. So let me ask this question. Which one do you think is more likely? Okay, So on the one hand, we have those that believe in the conspiracy, and so that would be a conspiratorial viewpoint. So do you think that at one point it's like a big conspiracy, like George Soros and and the powers that be are orchestrating like this for global depopulation, or is it the other side? Perhaps let's take a look at the other hand. Could it be that in a modern society where people's skills or their taste for skills and their taste for production and maintenance. Uh, and uh, they're looking towards the future because of their children. they want a good life for their kids it is dying and being replaced by a culture, a, ch- a culture of childless adults who consider real skills beneath them and who would rather work in theoretical areas. Uh, white collar jobs and play video games and so therefore there's no one to maintain the railroads because not because of george soros but because there's nobody with the skills to maintain the railroads and there's nobody to be their boss who cares enough to tell them to do it because so therefore you have disaster
2: it's a combination of both if you manipulate people's environment from childhood and you make them think that there's Nothing really out there that they're going to be able to do to pay rent even, uh, let alone support a child. Who's going to do that? If uh, Mm. you tell them that this is what you need to do to be successful and don't do this to be successful, you tell somebody that long enough, they get brainwashed eventually. Yeah. You incentivize certain things. Sure. You know, like here's an easy recent example. Look at all the COVID money they gave out. They incentivize staying home. Why is there a constant welfare fight? They're incentivizing staying home. Right. If you incentivize something, naturally people are going to do it. Yeah, no, it's- They're going to influ. They're actually- No, it's true. The meat, right? Yep. How do you influence people to not eat meat? Make it more expensive? Yeah. No, that's right. That's it. Like, war has become that simple. That's what it's down to. Yeah. We're not going to kill each other with bombs. That's right. It's economic. Yeah. You want it, you want to win a war? Starve another country. That's right. That's right. It's economic. Yep. That's it. Yep. Absolutely. So it's it's not a conspiracy. You just I don't know. Think about it. Do some research. Yeah. Right. You don't really gotta look that hard.
1: No, I I no, know it's true. It's true. You uh I think as a general rule in society and people don't really uh give it enough credit. You know, I I learned a while ago, I heard this a while ago and I've never forgot, but someone said you get more of what you incentivize and it shocks me. How many people are just ignorant of this fundamental law? You know, like, for example, you'll hear people that will uh, say, uh, like a little later, you know, I, I retweeted uh, someone that says, well, you know, uh, I just don't get OnlyFans, you know? I don't understand it, right? Like, listen, it's easy. You get what you incentivize. And if you don't <laughs> like it, well, then, you know, you can be pretty darn, if you see it everywhere, you can be pretty darn sure that at some level it's getting incentivized. That's right. And it, you know, and it may not be in your backyard, but somebody somewhere is incentivizing it a lot. That's right. right. And so if you see something everywhere, then that means that we're being incentivized to do it. I mean, that's just how it works. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, Exactly. So I do hear this narrative a lot that you were talking about, about how young people don't want to get married because they can't get a house or because they can't get a good job or because they can't afford X, Y, or Z. Right. And I do – I really feel like this correlates highly with what Weinstein was talking about and how he talked about the GDP that raises and then the real uh, – Yeah. The, yeah, the real wages. Yeah. No one talks about this, right? So what you do is you have younger people – who are saying the obvious out loud. They're saying, "I can't buy a house, and why would I get married and raise kids if I if I'll never purchase a house?" And then you have the older people who are basically living in the kayfabe, right? They they have the gated, they have the institutional narrative. And so basically they're saying that don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine, and it's going to get better, and it's going to get better all the ways to exponential growth as far as I can see, don't want, you know, <laughs> and they're just gaslighting these young people, right? Oh, yeah. So why is it surprising that the young people would come out and say, well, you know, if everything's hunky-dory and all I got to do is work 10 times harder to get the same results, then why don't you just go and die, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, yes. I guess that's where secular society is these days.
2: Yeah, pretty much, I man. I guess so, man. <laughs> wow, I guess so, man. Hey, And you see all the things. You don't have to, to steal your line. You don't have to go to Harvard to figure this out. Sure. Look around the world and see how many problems there are. Like, how many natural disasters happen, and uh, you know, like train wrecks like this. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So, like all these natural disasters we're having, one of them is in your backyard. Or you realize, like you're just doing the math, even if. Even if you know they're a couple hundred miles away from you, you're like, Well, I'm still part of this economy. Yeah. And there's only so many billions of dollars of damage that we can continue to fix, you know? Right. Like that hurricane that just barreled through Florida, you know. Oh there's yeah, parts that's Parts right. of New Orleans that are still destroyed. hmm You hear about our infrastructure crumbling. Yeah. Exactly. Know? What just happened in Turkey? Yep. And if you if you bother to follow any news at all, like Eventually, you're just like, why am, why even pay my credit cards this month? Because it doesn't look like the world's gonna be here next month. I mean, it's that bad. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, no, a lot of it is. I mean, a lot of it. You can go back to to
1: to Keynes. You know, John Maynard Keynes and the spirit animals and all. You know, like with the whole. So, like John Maynard Keynes was an economist, and he used to talk a lot about spirit animals. And spirit animal is basically. Influencing the economy with the way you feel about the economy. So, if you're able to convince people on a mass scale that the economy is good and that they should be spending money, and that 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 they should be that that's a good thing for them to do then eventually they will create their own prosperity. They will they will spend too much and then that will generate jobs and create a good economy. Eventually it all comes back around. You know, so as long as you can convince people to spend, then uh, then then this is a kind of a way to goose up the economy and that's how you want. So he would try to measure the spirit animals say the spirit animals are bad. And that would mean that people felt bad about the economy and that they would uh, so that because they felt bad that we they didn't actually need to fix the economy you just need to fix the people like so that they would go from like a bad spirit animal to a good spirit animal so uh, a lot of this is uh, a a way that we do this nowadays where we try to get people to to have this way of thinking uh, that's positive
2: yeah well we do that with the stock market and the housing market right which are the two biggest sectors. Those are the two biggest indicators of how we're doing financially. Yeah,
1: category. that's right. Yeah, we usually with the housing market and the stock market. Usually, the way that's done is through the boom bust cycle. So usually, the Fed will and it will, they'll usually flood the market with money and they jack up. They 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 put the money in, and then into the, it all goes into the housing market and the stock market where mm-hmm. uh, people can get wealthy. And then there's the bust. But when there's the bust, the bust is always someone you can blame. It's always an event that you can blame. So you say, all right, well, um, you know, uh, this is an event that you can blame. Blame this guy or blame these people. People or blame that group. And then when people are busy blaming the people, that's when the wealth gets transferred from one class to another. And then, uh, you know, you continue the narrative. By the time that people forget about the, the people that they're supposed to be mad at, then it's back to, you know, it's time to flood the market again. And then they just keep doing it over and over and over.
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah. It, it it you are on a hamster wheel unless you realize what type of system you're in. Yeah, that's the right. The Fed is never going to be responsible for what they do because right. it's not the Fed. Oh, you right. know how many people in our country don't know the Federal Reserve is not part of the federal government? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Like it's astounding.
1: Yeah, no, I know it's right. It's outside the Federal Treasury. The Federal Treasury is uh, is a government institution, but the Fed is not.
2: Right. And that's who loans money to banks. Mm which yep. that's why they set our interest rates and that's why they can do the things that they do to our currency and manipulate it. Yep, no, It that's is, right. it's, it's crazy. That's right. No, that's true. So it
1: it is crazy. And it's, so as far as like our, our, our declining infrastructure, I, I'm curious as to whether, so how about this in, in Ohio, right? In Ohio, because, um, yeah, I think if you go in certain spaces on Twitter, uh, obviously the Ohio, uh, the chemical spill has been a big issue on Twitter. People have been talking about it. And so you can go into kind of the conspiracy silo and people say all sorts of crazy things uh, there. Uh, but also, if you turn it around in, in into that space where we have basically a general decline of skills and a general decline. So. All right. What does America even look like in a state of advanced cultural decline, where people don't have the skills and they don't have the abilities that they need to be able to maintain the technology and the infrastructure that they've built?
2: As much as I'm not a fan of AI, we're in trouble because, like big rigs, yeah, there's been a shortage of truck drivers in this country for a long time, like yeah, like a long time. Right. That's right. Like you if you're if you got two eyes, don't matter if they're crossed, and you can spell your name, they'll they'll give you a CDL.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, the truck companies actively recruit women now because they can't find enough. Tr- they they can't find people to drive a truck.
2: Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and there's people out there right now that should not be driving a truck. They could very well die of a heart attack behind the wheel. Okay, yeah, like, I'm pretty sure it happens every day. Wow, yeah. Um, and the people, this is how clueless they are to this. The, the the people that rely on everything, they don't ever look around and go, okay, what in my room. Was never on a truck. That would be nothing. There is nothing you touch. Yeah, that was never, ever. ever yeah. That hasn't been on a truck on at some truck. point. Yep. Well, these people up here in the Northeast, when it snows, they expect somebody that just got a load out of Atlanta, Georgia to, you know, mm. oh, well, why why isn't he clearing the snow off? Because he, he might get hit in New York or something with a blizzard. Yeah. You know, well, I don't know, because he's 68 years old, the trailer's 13,6 tall. Yep. And you want him to shovel three feet of snow off a 53 foot trailer? Right. Sure. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. That's not going to happen, but that's how out of touch they are. Yep. Forget they forget the job numbers. They're they're so far from that. it's not going to happen. Yeah. So they're if, just managing it now. Right. So if people think the toilet paper crisis of COVID was bad, right. Let trucks stop moving in this country. Yep. Trains. How about the Mississippi River, which I guess this is where some of these chemicals may flow into from what I, I hear, but um they were having a dredge the Mississippi River. A lot of people don't realize how much of our economy depends on that oh absolutely well a lot of this is i guess
1: uh uh, they've decided to burn a lot of it which is been uh which i guess is is good in terms of keeping it out of the ground but yeah it results in acid rain i mean you're gonna the whole middle of the country is basically gonna be subjected to various amounts of acid rain
2: i mean what are you gonna do yeah but that's better. Best.
1: No, it is exactly <laughs> because if you just let it go into the ground, you're it's the worst situation that you could imagine. But that if it's acid rain, then it gets mitigated, but we don't know how much. So it could be really bad, but it could be maybe somewhat bad. It's <laughs> great. So yeah, no, and I know, and that's Let's the see. heart. That's the heart, but that's the heartland. I mean, you're gonna be having all this acid rain. That's gonna be, the, um, that's gonna be um. You know, I have seen pictures where it started now, uh, where on people's cars, people are getting the uh, the what? acid rain. Yeah, like when it rains, people's cars have the those little streaks and the little uh, the the chemical streaks that come down the windows and stuff. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and and they they burned a lot of it, but uh, so we're just not really sure exactly what's going to happen. But this is, it's really I mean, frightening. You think about it. If things start to fail, roads fail railroads fail, computer systems fail. Um, you know, we can say, for example, well, there was a fire at a chicken factory, and now chicken is more expensive. Well, you can say that maybe um, uh, an anarchist set fire to the factory, or you could say that maybe the um, the institutional knowledge about fire safety and preventative, uh, preventative um, uh, the con- in the construction of things yeah. where you can prevent fires is just so poor that there was a fire like, fire started all the time back in the middle ages right
2: yeah. you know what man either either way it wouldn't surprise me it's one of them things like epstein can yeah. we prove it no are we 99 percent sure what's going on yep yeah. so i i don't know you know i I guess you don't cross into the conspiracy theory side until you try to say for sure something that you can't actually prove hey, hey I, th- I think you're still in the free thinker box oh you, you think oh my myself you think no, no, I, I, I'm just saying in general, like in like general, I, like, yeah, yeah, like if if someone's not the type of person that says like, well, I think, oh uh, yeah, for, for sure, Epstein, uh, did not kill himself. Yeah, right. It, were you or I there? We weren't there. Yeah, no, we weren't so there. So can, can I definitively say that? Sure. No, I guess I can't. No, but I think a lot of it goes in terms of being, and uh, in, in
1: that is a fine line. Okay, so first of all, it's a very fine line between being a free thinker and being like amongst those that believe in a conspiracy. So, the, so effectively, if you have a hard question yeah. that you can't answer because you're not a primary source and being a primary source isn't something that you can access, then what you're looking for is you're looking for mass acceptance, including yourself, right? So, uh, for example, if you're um, you want an answer that people can generally accept, right? And and as sad as it is, the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing is pretty much a mass answer. I mean, pretty much most people that you talk to in the course of a day know who Jeffrey Epstein is, Mm -hmm. and most people, if confronted face to face, will admit that they don't think that he killed himself, and that's true on a mass scale.
2: And my problem is what does that change well yeah um as far as what does it change yeah what does it change cuz cuz we know who he's connected to and and if if that narrative is true what everybody believes oh yeah then there should be some consequences for well, some very yeah, high-ranking people.
1: But that's, and that's true, but that's the hard question, though, that gets asked, is if everybody believes it's true and it's an ever-present belief, then it either needs to be confirmed or denied. And if we confirm it, then we need to act on it. If we deny it, then we need to ask more difficult questions. So it really ends up being a conundrum here, and this is where we talked about this, the role of distraction, right? We're going to distract ourselves from these because these are difficult, right? I mean, it, it's no one's going to get up in front of the state of the union and say hey young people you know you're going to have to you're going to have to do the work of two generations maybe more to get back to where we were and then <laughs> yeah. once you get back you're going to have to maintain it and go from there because we pretty much you know we pretty much you know, went to the. Uh, you know, we went to Disneyland for an entire generation and had a lot of fun, and now we're exhausted. So you know, you know, the house party time. It's yeah. like the parents coming home for, you know, when the kids had a house party. You know, right. the younger generations are coming home, and all the boomers and everyone of the older people have all had house parties their entire
2: life. Rele- relevant people have beaten up these people with with hard questions, though. Tucker Carlson. This is a metric you can measure. That is the number one watched cable television show in America. Tucker Carlson, I mean, pushes it further than than any average Joe could even think think of doing. I think he does well, a wonderful job.
1: No, I think he does a good job too. But he still no, but he still he asks a lot of questions. Doesn't put forth a lot of solutions or answers. And and I'm not saying that to to get down on Tucker. I think a lot of people are like that. You know, including myself. I mean, you and I tend not be like that. But that's because we have the Lord in our life, and we have uh, a series of objective moral truths that we can hold to and cling to. Uh, so the um, I, I think as people like a lot of times with Tucker, I love the issues that he raises, but I do become frustrated at times because, like the rest of us, he can only ask hard questions. He can't really
2: give us a substantial answer because he, like like all of us, he just says, "Would Congress please investigate this?" Oh yeah, right. And nobody does it. Yeah, you know, if there ever is an investigation into anything, the is of those elite people <laughs> that mm. actually run things? Sure. it's a sham. It's a sham, yeah, and it's swept under the rug. So there's like there's no way for us peasants, <laughs> to To affect any change, Shall well, we, no, I, you know, I disagree with you on that. I, and, and, and I would like to know how. Okay, so what we see is what you're
1: what you're actually trying to say is you're actually trying to say I don't see that there's any way that we can institute a widespread positive change based on these questions. So what we do is we already institute a change, and and you can see it in the declining numbers of uh, male involvement in the workforce. And you can see it in the uh, you know in the rise of uh, you know for example you know video game culture and uh, and all yeah. these uh, uh, you know and all these uh, alternative silos we see on social media. So effectively, people are checking out because that's all that we've left them the ability to do, right? Yeah. So like everyone wants to say the problem today is that people are stupid. Listen, the problem today is not that people are stupid. Okay, people uh-huh. are the problem is the opposite problem. People are smart, smarter than ever. Yeah, I mean, right? Yeah. And so the, it, people say, "Well, it's because they're so dumb." Nope. Okay, these people are smart, and they, they're well-read, and they can see what's going on. And when you're a young person, and you come to the conclusion that checking out of society is pretty much the only thing that you can do, then don't be surprised when young people start checking out of society.
2: I can't agree with you more, but I, I just don't know how to be more cheery about like things that are going on. Oh, yeah. Like when the government is lying... like. And it's not just our government, you know? Like, we're out of land. Like, there's no more Statue of Liberty to, like, hop on a Mayflower and head to. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, you can't just sail to the new world and, in the name of religious freedom anymore. Like, you can't. Mm-hmm. That's This is it. We're here. We're going to hop the border to Mexico, go visit Justin Trudeau. Yeah, we're here. Right. We're stuck. Right. What should right. we do? Oust the government in a coup? That didn't work. I don't know if it was staged or real, but. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Either way, yeah. no one's willing to do it. Yeah. I think that's why the Bible... You, you talk about Christian presuppositions. I think that's why the Bible tells us essentially not to worry about this world. We're passing through it, man. Yeah, I mean, we're be of the in the world, but not of the world. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying, like, okay, well, that absolves us of all responsibility and let's not do anything about it. Yeah. I'm just... I don't know. Two tours in Iraq. Uh, I worked for the government for eight years. I... I don't see a way around it, man. I've operated Abrams tanks, yeah, hauled in Apache helicopters. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden's right about one thing: you will need an F-16 to fight them. Trust me. Yeah, right, right. Many. Well, you know, and this is very
1: interesting. <laughs> Actually, it's a really that's a great transition into uh, the next topic. Speaking is, uh, of F-16s. <laughs> yeah, no. Speaking of F-16s, I, I did want to uh, breach the topic. I wanted to talk about these balloons. And uh, are these uh, these objects? Balloons and things? Yeah, balloons and things, or, <laughs> or uh, et cetera, et cetera. Like, what in the world w- was going on? So uh, probably much like you, we had a freaky weekend. I mean, not a lot going on this weekend. Uh, um, and so rather than rehash everything that happened, I do want to ask you your opinion, because ever since things came out, I've been wanting to ask you about this, uh, which is so effectively is, as far as I'm aware, the United States government... Has the technology to uh, to track like a bird, okay, at two thousand feet and project its trajectory and tell you exactly what ledge it's going to land on, Uh, and we've had this technology for a while, and uh, and being someone and and so to hear that, for example, that we have these um, we have these objects that are size of a car that are operating at forty thousand feet that we are basically, we have no idea about, is utterly ridiculous. And I will say this, is, uh, is audibly ridiculous. And also, too, that I I read an article where they were talking about uh, radar data, and they were saying that, oh, well, you know, we've always been looking at radar data a certain way, but when you look at it in its raw form, then there's different ways to look at it. And so now that we're looking at the radar differently, we're seeing new information. And, you know, so someone who's known military people and obviously, you know, obviously yourself uh, is a wealth of information, this all just seems ridiculous to me. Like, I, I couldn't imagine... And anyways, I do want to ask you about this because th- it, it just this stuff does not ring true to me, and so I need to hear it from the horse's mouth. What can we can, what can we do, and what can we not do? I mean, <laughs> like
2: uh, uh, here's what you can do. Everything you just said. Yep. Y- you're you're well read. You're like the rest of the population. You're not stupid. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. So. Did you hear about the, the meteor that was three feet wide that exploded over France? I, I believe it was yesterday. Oh, is that right? No, I have not heard about this. Yeah, okay. We we discovered this a week out. Okay? Uh, oh, okay. All right. Meteors travel quite fast. Yes, yeah, they do. <laughs> That's You got that right. A week out, a three-foot meteor. And by the way, they told people where it was going to hit. It exploded in the air, created a... It was just a big flash of light, whatever. Okay. It wasn't like the one over Rush a few years ago that broke like everybody's glass within 400 miles. Yeah, right, right. Three feet. A yardstick, folks. Not the size of a car. Wow, yeah. Not a Chinese balloon the size of three greyhounds. Mm. Three feet yeah. in outer space seven days away. They knew where it was going to hit. Yeah, right. So, yes, they can track pigeon poop. At forty thousand feet, and know where it's going to land, and who it's going to land. Yeah. Okay. You ever heard of the Iron Dome in Israel? Yes, I have. Okay, yes. That the Iron Dome is, uh, it's called a Phalanx weapon system. Okay, okay. Yep. It's a forty millimeter chain gun, essentially. Yeah. And it fires so fast you cannot tell the difference between rounds. It just sounds like a fart. And you know that thing shoots rockets out of the air. The fastest rockets that we have are ICBMs. Yeah. They travel at twenty thousand miles an hour okay we can shoot those out of the air with pinpoint precision i mean wow if you think a balloon floating at what 30 miles an hour yeah maybe we don't know i used to live it's even
1: moving i mean the balloons will stop and then they'll move quickly
2: and then they'll stop again okay so i used to live at the base of norad Okay, yep. Okay, all right. the Cheyenne Mountain Complex. Yeah, that's what you told me about that. Yeah, okay. Uh, I had a secret clearance for the entire eight years and then two years as a civilian as well. So okay. ten, 10 years I had a secret clearance. Yeah. Now, uh, secret clearance doesn't mean anything. Top secret clearance doesn't mean anything. Every single thing is on a need-to-know basis with the government. Uh, I'm not so sure how much each president gets briefed on, to be totally honest with you. Is that right, yeah. Here's the thing, though. So NORAD, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I could probably go up to the door you know the the huge blast door maybe sure oh no Really? yeah so there's no. about a there's a road to go up to it uh i don't know it's probably about a mile and a half long and it twists in yeah. like an s pattern to get there and i turned onto the road and a, i don't know 20 feet into the road i was met by a black suburban <laughs> with with uh, men that i didn't recognize yeah. not not in an army uniform you didn't know who they were and they weren't a, they were not in an army and uniform and they either. were carrying m4s is that right yeah and they told me uh, you can go ahead and get off this road now oh Okay. I'm in uniform, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Not allowed up there. Now, the guy that lived across the street from me worked inside of NORAD. Oh, is that right? So inside of NORAD, you have- There's got to be people that work inside there, right? I mean, you need manpower. There's, (laughs) here's what, NORAD has three three three-story buildings inside of it that sit on uh, airbag suspension. Oh, wow. It's, It's made to withstand a nuclear blast. Um, it Cheyenne Mountain Complex is essentially like the southern side of uh Pikes Peak. Wow, I mean this is a massive, massive mountain. Yeah. Um, and the conspiracy side of it is there's tunnels that go all the way to Denver. But either way, that uh that place right there, NORAD, is the place that picked up the signal in Montana, and then like, oh, we don't know what it is. lies right lies lies
1: right it just doesn't make any yeah it just doesn't
2: make any sense here's the bottom line unless they want you to know Mm -hmm. you'll never know i'll never know yeah what it was what they are who knows here's i will tell you this this is something a lot of people don't realize you know one huge threat to us with these things going overhead Yeah. It doesn't take a very big EMP to knock this entire country's power out.
1: Yeah. All right. That's exactly right. When
2: EMP hits us, done. Game over. Yeah. You think about all the things that go out with electricity. Yep. You got it. Well pump, your car. Yeah. Fried. All the trucks. Fried. Fried, yeah. Nothing. Nothing will work. Yeah. Nothing. You'll cease to have a cell phone. Right. So that's any form of communication. Yep. You know? If that happens in the winter, <laughs> you know how many people going to die?
1: Yeah, right. The well, in the, in, in the urban environments, I mean, right. I mean, it, in the rural environments, I think it'd be a fifty fifty shot. But in in the urban, their urban environments,
2: yeah, in the rural, I mean, This is twenty twenty three. Yeah, this is not eighteen twelve. Right. We don't little house in the prairie is long gone. Right. The rural environments are. But it's just people in a field playing Call of Duty. That's. <laughs> <laughs> You know, right, you live sure. in Kansas, you, you're still rocking, you know, yeah. 300 meg internet now. Right, sure. It's This is not, you know, the 1800s. We don't stand a chance, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we used to joke about this in the Army, man. Is that right? The, yeah. Yeah, the, the South Korean soldiers, so the the ones we get along with, yep. those dudes are hardcore, man. Like, I'll put them up against our special forces, and them, th- that's just their regular soldiers.
1: Really? That's just their regular that's guys? That's just their
2: regular guys. How do you mean? How do you mean, like, hardcore um, you know, like, uh, you know, how the Romans, like, the penalty was death for like falling asleep on guard, yeah. So that's was, like right. highly encouraged to be good at your job, y- yeah. You know, whereas, yeah. like, here it's like, eh, huh, whatever, yeah, right well, over there, it's, it's they got the same strict culture, man. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to stereotype Mexicans or Amish people, but they can right. t- run circles around us, mm. you know. I'm not throwing up a pole barn and yeah. Twenty minutes, like the Amish can. Yeah, right. That's just their culture, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's really, dude. That's we saw Japan in World War Two. Yeah, look how they fought. Yeah, no, that's right. You know, well, you've you seen a little
1: South. bit in COVID too, like with South with uh, South Korea. They uh, When they had the COVID uh, restrictions and everyone had to wear ankle bracelets, they wore those bracelets and they tracked them. And, like, it was a problem because when they they needed COVID to get out into the community so they could start building herd immunity, like, so many people were so compliant and so good about where they were tracking themselves that, like, they were actually stopping the virus. It wasn't going anywhere.
2: It's going to be hilarious when they try to put the brakes on America because this whole, like, our idea of freedom has gone so far. Not, not that it's a bad thing. We, we should be. Yeah. And and they have reined some people in, and that's what they're doing right now. This with brainwashing our youth. Uh, and sadly, I've seen that leak into the military. In, like in, in what way? How do you mean? So when I when I was in, yeah, there was nobody. That would ever, and we talked about this. If we were to ever receive orders, yeah. To and by the way, if you're, I okay, let me back up. If you're active duty, you are not allowed to operate in a military capacity on U.S. soil, point blank, period. Right. That's ever. right. Ever. Ever. That right. is. That is left to the National Guard. That's right. And the reservists. Yep. That's right. That's it. That's right. Active duty military cannot operate here. Yep. Not under martial law or any other thing. Nope. Can't do it. So. But we we talked about this. We we're like, you know what? If things ever did get bad enough, yeah. for some reason we got an order to like act upon our own citizens. Sure, yeah. I'll turn on my commander first. Yeah, right. Now, nah. Pri- Private Snuffy will shoot you, Mister Civilian. A hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred and ten percent. Yeah, hundred. I've heard this. I know. I, I got I, a buddy that just scenario. got out as a staff sergeant. Is that right? And yeah, that's the way it is. That's the way it is now. 'Cause you gotta figure that when you come out of like West Point or dude, you can come out of University of Phoenix, it don't matter. Yeah. Uh you come out with a four year degree, you can enter the army or any branch of the service as a second lieutenant. Uh you're in charge of every enlisted person at that point. You're you're above them because you're an officer rather yeah. than a non commissioned officer, which is what I was. Yeah. So here you are, you know, twenty two years old and you're in charge of a bunch of people. I mean, what do you know about the world? Let's go back twenty-two years. Where are we? Two thousand and one. Yeah, two thousand and one. That's right. That—that's when that person was a baby. So they start remembering the world. You know, basically, like Iraq was just about wrapping up. Yeah. Like my last tour in Iraq, I oh eight oh nine. You know, these these kids at that point are in like second third grade. Man. Um, I mean, that's who's running our military right now. Yeah. So if I people know. think that our military won't turn on us got another thing coming well you know it's something that
1: you can see as well in um in these uh, narratives coming out of like the fbi and the cia and these intelligence agencies where Mm -hmm. catholic you know, traditional catholics are considered to be terrorists and people that take an active uh, role in the uh, school board meetings are are considered to be uh, domestic terrorism and so you have to ask yourself like if the intelligence community lets this stuff fly, like what is the military happening? Right. And, and what you said, I mean, it's everything's on a need to know basis. And I think that is the, that's another one of those hard questions that people don't want to say is that, and I'll say it, right, is that generally, I get the sense that there are people involved in higher levels of government and military that know something or that I don't know and they're never going to tell me and I'm powerless to find out what it is I can't really change it so therefore I live in this space where I live in this space between where I know, and I'm very thankful for the Bible, and it does, and Scripture it helps me to get out of that paradigm. Yeah. But uh, I think it would drive me crazy without it, because you're living in a space where you know a thing, but you have no ability to actually expose the thing. So there, there's there's nothing you can do, and that's where you get the truth, lie, truth, lie, truth, lie. Because like Weinstein was talking about, if you have certain, it doesn't have to be one on top of another, right? If you have truth, lie in five different things that you're going to think about every single hour because it's thrown in your face well isn't that 10 you're trying to figure out the truth and the lie 10 times yeah and by the end of the day you're so confused that you end up sitting lying in bed and you say well what's wrong i don't know what's wrong how do you feel angsty nervous scared right well why do you feel that way don't know Right. What are you going to do about it? Uh, Nothing. I think I'm going to, you know, drink or, you know, do drugs or I'm going to distract myself or play video games or I'm just going to become a nihilist or I'm just going to go back to sleep and not care. Right. And like all these things. And yet this all comes from a lack of truth, which is rich Because you'll have politicians that will come out and tell you, the problem today is that we live in a post-truth society. (laughs) These people refuse to define anything as truth. So you got the people that don't define truth telling you you live in a post-truth society. So in itself, it's a truth and a lie. I love it. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So you can't escape it even when you're trying to escape it right so yeah. I mean it really does and that's why we have this increasing level of angst it's why we have so many people that are checking out of society and it's why when we have a thing in the sky that goes over your farmland and no one knows what it is and they're scrambling f-16s F- and they're F- closing 22. and f-22s and they're closing down the thousands of miles of uh, airspace because they're too scared that something's gonna do something to somebody Somewhere, and then you have people
2: freaking out and saying all sorts of crazy stuff about it. People look, look, People buy the narratives increasingly. We can sit here and say people are not stupid. Okay. Eh, I can't objectively say people are stupid, I guess. Right. We have a... If people are given a problem, they can figure it out. Our problem that we have right now is they don't understand. And by they, I mean the vast majority of people i'm talking the people that don't understand that the fed is not the federal government okay yeah if those people are willing to buy any narrative hook line and sinker that comes out of that that podium and the ones who don't like me and understand the dangers and capability that our military possesses right and i know it's far worse than i even know and i'm telling you even the stuff that i know is you're not fighting against it it's just not going to happen good luck right.
1: yeah as you're not going to fight against it right yeah right
2: there's we're powerless Right. If I look at Tucker no, I Carlson, think, I think
1: a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people do get that sense. I mean, a lot of people know that they're powerless, but they can't put
2: any context behind it. You know, they can't. Yeah, I, I, with my experience, I'm I'm powerless to put context behind it. What? Yeah. What context can I put behind it? I did. I spent three years of yeah. my life on Facebook trying to like, you know, and I was Makes sense to, of it all. Well, I was trying to speak with authority to these people that like, you know, again, the ones that didn't understand like. Simple stuff. Yeah. Serve not the Fed. Yeah. Um, right. Right. You know right. things like that, and nothing, man. It's like I might as well talk to a brick wall. You know. Right. Yeah. Because these people are brought up brainwashed. This this is why my kids are are homeschooled. Yeah. Not that I think is I don't know. I, I what am I gonna do? Teach them how to fight the government later on? I guess I I don't know. We're you're up against a force that's bigger than you. You know, the Jews weren't stupid during the Holocaust. They're just fighting a force that was more powerful than them yeah i think a lot of it's a lot of it goes back to people don't draw
1: and and again i I don't see this quite a bit i I personally draw a a pretty big parallel between the rise in conspiracy and the and the drop in religious faith because people it's you you were mentioned about narrative right so the like religious belief uh, often, come, uh, well, not say often, but most religious, most religions come with what you would term a meta narrative, and so a meta narrative uh, is uh, is a way to is the way to view the world, to see the world, and then when you see the world that way, it allows you to contextualize everything else that you see around you, so that you're so that you're not panicking. Right. You're not panicking. So if you see something bad, you know, that, uh, you see something bad that happens. And then someone says, uh, uh, says someone says something like, oh, well, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, if you say so, if your boyfriend breaks up with you, and then your mom says that, well, don't worry, sweetheart. God has a, a person that's uh, that's uh, that's predestined to be your one and only, right? Yeah. Well, then it makes you feel better, right? right. And so, you know, and, and so just outside, and so again, I am a, I am a Christian, I am a religious believer, and so I don't have a meta narrative. I have the truth, and so I do want to, I I would like to say that. However, I am able to separate my own personal my own beliefs and my own convictions from the idea of a meta narrative and yeah. so when you have a, a religious belief declines that means that the meta narrative also declines and i think that i've i've never seen zero i've seen zero evidence that people give basically the, the, from what i can tell and maybe i'm wrong but i don't think i am from what i can tell is people are like well basically ever since the sexual revolution people have been like you know it's a lot more fun to ditch the meta narrative and just indulge the five senses and not have to worry about any of that other junk and that leads to a good time and everything else is just sort itself out and so now what we've done is we've raised an entire generation of people that don't have this idea of a meta narrative right they they're told that um uh th- they think that the idea is silly right and so this comes from uh, this comes from a postmodern belief in, in 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 truth in terms of truth versus facts right so uh, in terms of, of truth versus facts so people basically in this current day and age are raised to believe that a fact is something that can be empirically proven true with science and that's not true all right, that's not, what, that's not what the fact is. So, for example, I can say to you, I can say, well, there are stars in the sky, right? Well, or that's true. Or I can say, for example, that all people in the world think that the sky is blue, right? Now, I can't prove that scientifically. Like, I can't do a survey. At no point in my life am I going to survey all the people in the world about what this, they think the color of the sky is. I, I just there's no way so when i say that statement there's no way i can back it up like that there's zero ways i can back it up that's it however what i can say is that is that based on the evidence that i can see and based on uh how i feel about the situation Mm -hmm. meaning my discussions i've had with other people and all this i can say that all people in the world think the sky is blue right and that's truth that's a fact right so the so uh, but people have ditched this, all right? So people have said... So, for example, I can, I can say to someone, I can look at the world that I see and I can, I can examine human behavior and I can uh, investigate uh, uh, the, the, the realms of human logic and human experience and I can cross-reference that with my own, uh, my own feelings on the subject and then I can uh, speak to those around me and I can open myself up to new experiences. and Based on all that, I can discover the truth. Well, to a young person they will laugh. They'll say, what? Like, none of that stuff you just mentioned can be empirically verified. You can't use science to verify any of that stuff. Well, to me, I don't need science. Who needs science, right? I mean, that that, that doesn't have any, any, uh, uh, so for me, you know, is I need the world to be able to make sense. I need to be able to, I need to be able to know, you know, I need to be able to expose myself to parts of me that are bigger than me. Right. You know, that I, I need to have that that earn what we earnestly hope for. Right. Yeah. And so the, uh, you know, Hebrews 11, one. Right. So, uh, you know, so but to a young person can say, well, you know, you can't you can't. It's like science. You can't empirically verify that it's it's true. So if it can't be true, then it cannot be a fact. And If it can't be a fact, then it can't be helpful or it can't be useful. Uh and so we have uh this whole idea of and it's the lack of a meta narrative. And so here's where the rubber meets the road. When there's no meta narrative, people are gonna have a meta narrative, whether they want to or not. All right. Like you can get up in the morning and say, Well, I'm a big old scientist and I don't need anything like that and I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna do science and when it comes to outside science, it's science plus stuff. Being a stoic, right, is what it is. So they say, well, when I'm when I'm doing science, then I'm doing science. But when I'm not doing science, I'm just going to be a stoic like Seneca, and then they think it's all going to work out great. Yeah. Well, that's not going to solve any of your problems. Okay, you're going to get a meta narrative whether you want it or not. And so you're, and so on. One sense, you can say, hey, you know, you can be like knocking on doors, right? You, you can knock on doors and say, hey, have you ever thought about what happens when you die, right? Yeah. And that's and and, and that's one that's one that's one experience you can have then there's also another experience you can have when you're on twitter or you're on facebook or social media and they start talking about george soros and new world order and alex jones and all that stuff and it's a conspiracy right yeah. well these are both meta narratives okay they're both going to allow you to frame your existence so that you can make sense of everything you see so that when you get so that so that when you can't sleep, or you get angry, or something good happens in the world, you know how to act. You know it gives you that assurance of how you can proceed, uh, and it also allows you uh, to define your own responsibilities. So let's say, for example, that you are a uh, so if, say for example that you are you're a young man and you uh, you have a lot of uh, for example. Um, you know, you have cultural confusion and gender confusion that doesn't give you any opportunities, and then you find that the economy isn't uh, robust, and so y- you don't have an economic opportunity ahead of you. Um, and you may find that uh, you know you don't have um, you don't have a a family uh, that uh, a nuclear family around you, or that you may have all these structural challenges, right? So rather than uh, you know the the so. Re- rather than... You will need to frame that. So the conspiracy allows you to frame everything as a victim. You can say, well, I'm a victim of other people's actions. And so other people have nefarious... Uh, other people have nefarious uh, goals. What it does is it allows you to take the goodness of God, which is outside of you, and you're just basically taking that and you're transposing it into another meta narrative, which is the conspiracy narrative, and then you're internalizing that good from God into yourself.
2: Right. I, I don't know how people function that way honestly you you pretty much have to ignore all common sense in order to do that you literally just have to be okay with the fact that you're making up your own god
1: yeah, I mean basically what you're doing is you're saying that there are evil people in the world, they conspire against me and they have made it so structurally I cannot succeed. However, and be, but, so I'm a victim. However, because I'm fundamentally a good person who wants good things in the world, I will be, you know, I will stand, I will stand tall as the arbitrator. Of a better future, you know, of a better world, and so effectively, this is uh, this is the part of the Christian narrative that the conspiracy narrative shares, uh, which is that, uh, so in the conspiracy narrative, there's something inside of yourself which is you, and it's it, it it's and that you have a brighter future. You're working towards a brighter future. In the the Christian narrative, so you have, uh, or in the Christian experience, I should say, uh, it, is you have. You have God, who is an objective good, and you have, and everything that He does, He's a sovereign, so He has objective goods. Except it's not inside of yourself; it's outside of yourself. And so, rather than working towards a goal of victory over the conspirators, what you're doing is you're working towards, uh, you're working towards objective, uh, you're working towards obedience, right? Towards, yeah. uh, you're working towards obedience to the uh, to the dictates. Of what is considered to be uh, the future, right? So uh, the, the person, the conspiracy person, is working towards uh, a future that they can visualize, but they can't experience because they don't have that experience within themselves. And so, and also in terms of the uh, the the Christian experience, is a similar in how you're working towards an uh, eternal life. And so, what you're doing is you're working towards eternal life, which is an experience you can visualize, but you can't really, you can't say that you you've experienced it. You know what it is. You can visualize it, uh, but because you're a sinful human being, and when eternal life, you don't have that sinful nature. So therefore, you so therefore you've always had that sinful nature. So therefore, you have this future abstract where that is now gone, and in the conspiracy uh, narrative. Uh, they have the same thing because they have the conspirators are conspira are conspiring against you. They've always been conspiring against you and it's always been that way for as long as you've ever known. So you've never actually known a life where you have responsibility or' not, you've never known a life where you're able to move beyond it into a world where you can affect your own good, for your own self and for your own family. And so you know it's it becomes this abstract future that you're working towards.
2: Yeah, and I think you have to lie to yourself to follow that. Actually, I know you do. Um, <laughs> right. Either that, either that or just just be okay with such a mediocre situation. Like, uh, I I don't know. Being a Christian makes like all the crappy things about this world okay. Like, yeah. Right. Like like I wish they weren't going on, but like right. once you get to the point where we're at right now, where it feels like the government's so big, good luck fighting against it. We have one thing to focus on, and it's never going to change. Right? Yeah. And that's that's spreading right. Spreading the gospel. Yeah, that's right. Fellowship and keep exhorting one another. Yep. Daily, right? And uh, you know, keep reading your Bible. You can. That's never going to change, man. Never. Yep. No,
1: that's right. That's I right.
2: I don't got to read a, a changing newspaper every day to change my mind to like put more stress on me. I don't have to worry about it.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: If I if I open my phone, it's like incoming nuke. Thirteen minutes. Sweet. I'm meeting the Lord. Sounds good. Like, I don't care about this stuff. Other people are running to the bunkers, and it doesn't matter to me. Right. And that's, any Christian, that's that's how, I think that's how they think. I don't know. Yeah. Paul said that they prefer to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Yeah. So, good enough for Paul, good enough for me. Right There you go.
1: <laughs> you know? Right, right. No, and I hear you. I hear you. I, I just think it's fascinating how everyone has this same fundamental pattern, you know, and so you have, you know, people say that they're not religious. Like, everybody's religious, right? We were, You and I were talking about this before. Yep. Like, everything, everybody, like, you know, yeah. for example, one of the reasons why it oftentimes we, you know, we'll ruminate on sex and OnlyFans, and I made this point that it's hard sometimes not to talk about sex because it's one of the few things that we as a country have in common anymore that we're all sexual beings and so you know if you you want to talk about even a person that i, I fundamentally disagree with on every single thing is still a sexual being and so uh even if i disagree with them so it's something that we can have in common with one another
2: yeah i, I had never uh i had never heard it put that way about like yeah. The commonality.
1: Yeah, the commonality. It's the same thing with religion and with religious belief. Like leftist like so for I should say leftist, but I should say like for example, those that hold up those that uh those that are hold up the state and those that uh that are uh very respectful of state power, then they have uh they have a church which is uh which is usually the state house, state building, or it's government buildings. And they have a sacrament. They're idolizing something. Yep, that's right. And they have a sacrament, which is voting. So voting is the sacrament. The voting booth is is is, is like the confessional. Yep. And then the uh, <laughs> the city hall and the town hall and all the government buildings are like the church. And then you have the the pope, like the president and all the senators, and they're like the popes and the bishops and everybody. <laughs> so you know you do have like a secular religion. And then even in the realm of conspiracy, you have this. Like in conspiracy, you have you you have the narrative of like you know the 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 objective eternal good, which is usually yourself, and then you know you have the, uh, you know you're you, you you have all the conspirators and and so you you have your uh, you have your sacrament. Your sacrament's usually the daily news, you know, and so yeah, yeah right. And so uh, is the daily news, and then you have the um, uh, uh, you know, is and questioning people's motives and things of this and nature. So everyone's religious, right? And so if you say you're not, then you are, and it just comes down to asking yourself the hard questions. And so for us, uh, you know, for myself and you, uh, I think a lot of it comes down to really digging in and examining those Christian presuppositions and trying to put everything up to the light and seeing, you know, take the Pepsi challenge and see how. What all stands up, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, because I mean, I, 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 I would challenge you all to do that. I go to the Bible and get the answers. It's,
2: it's a rough world out there trying to, trying to share it. I got called dangerous for being white and Christian. Uh, on really? Fa- on Facebook two days ago. You're, you, got called dangerous? Dangerous? Really? That's the first time I've ever. Yeah, I mean, I've heard wow. people call that before for being white and Christian, but I was like, well, okay, that's interesting. Wow. I'd yeah. Never. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's the type of narrative that's out there today and that's uh that that was like a that woman was probably mid 40s. Is that right? Yeah. Really. So wow. it's kind of man. I I don't know. I hate to say it's surprising, but it was a little bit surprising. Um it's it's rough out there, but that's that's the only thing that we're called to do. That's what we're here for. We're servants of God. And that doesn't mean we're running around doing all these sorts of random different things in our own name. That literally means just go around, share the word of God, love one another, love our neighbor. Yeah. Love God, you know, right. That's Amen. it. That's, that's all we're supposed to do. It makes, it makes life, everything that we just talked about for an hour and 15 minutes, huh. it, it makes it, it literally makes it a moot point. Seriously. Yeah, you can talk about it for fun. And i I don't know, I don't wanna be pessimistic, but I feel like there was a time when you could affect change and like I'm not gonna give up, so I'm sitting here trying to talk to people in a different way. But man, (laughs) I'm gonna be surprised we start going the other direction.
1: Wow, yeah, no, I, I hear you, it's true. And again, I think a lot of it too, though, I think so. it's a lot of it, it's back to those spirit animals and, 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 and what we talked about as far as people believing one thing or, or another and how they feel about things. I think that the worse people feel about things, then the the worse, obviously the worse is going to get. Yeah. And, and I, I do think, uh, especially in terms of uh, lack of education I mean the educational system where we're so concerned with identity and things of this nature, it's good to be able to give people the tools to work through these problems in a logical way. But, you know, it's getting very difficult uh, to tell real world from the, the world of fantasy. And so if you want to know more about that, you can head over to my Twitter feed at BlunderTom on Twitter. And you'll find a great thread here that I have a couple different threads about the upcoming world of AI porn and what it means for society. Yeah. And so here, yeah, you read the thread there, Steve. Any uh, Any initial thoughts?
2: Like we need more of that. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, th- that AI is gonna get used for a lot of bad stuff. I, I, I personally feel that's just gonna be another tab on Pornhub. To be honest with you, you know, girls like, like you said, girls probably will exploit that because it's, it's you know, they don't have to do as much work. Guys will probably exploit it as revenge porn. Who knows, man? It's... You're you're trying to have me be positive about this world, and you bring at it.
1: Yeah, right. No, no, I I don't. (laughs) This is not a good thing. (laughs) No, I don't. I actually don't think—I don't think that AI porn is going to end up being porn at all. I mean, honestly, it's hard to speak specifically about this because I'd have to choose a space or a silo to talk specifically about it. But So effectively, we've done an entire podcast about this, uh, about Boomer Girl, and uh, about how women can stake—women can achieve status— and they can, uh, uh, and they can achieve status simply by being, rather than having to do. Uh, there's a great tweet um, on in my thread uh, on my page that talks about the abundance mindset. Do you remember that one? I don't recall seeing that. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, I believe it There's was. a lot. Yeah, no, there was a lot. And uh, there was one where there was this young lady, and she's talking about how she manifests like things into existence. She's like, oh, I had this great guy, and he was amazing, and he did all these wonderful things for me, but I dumped him. Because as long as I keep telling myself that things are going to get better, things are going to get better. And one of the things that's fascinating about this abundance mindset discussion, especially as it relates to women, is that, It fundamentally denies the reality that making or choosing not to make a decision in terms of one area of your life is going to affect every other area of your life, including future decisions, right? Like if I decide that I'm going to skip lunch today or skip dinner today, if I say, well, I'm going to skip dinner. And I'm not going to eat for the rest of the day. Like, it doesn't mean I'm going to get up tomorrow and have a regular-sized breakfast like I always do, right? Like, it now means that, that, uh, that that's probably gone, right? So it either means that maybe I'm fasting and I won't eat breakfast at all, or maybe I'm just not eating dinner. And then tomorrow I'm going to want to eat two breakfasts because I'm hungry. So the, the whole concept that I'm going to eat a normal breakfast isn't really realistic. It exists only in my mind. And so we do this a lot with relationships. For example, we'll we'll be with a you know, it used to be if you lived in a small town and there were like, you know, like okay, for me, when I was in I was telling this to my son the other day, it's kind of cute. When I was in the 4th grade, 3rd grade, 4th grade, there was two girls in my class, all right? And I was just a young Kid. i didn't know any better you know we didn't have the internet we didn't have anything i i i i hadn't really traveled beyond my town very often you know so i just figured well i mean i was just gonna marry one of the two of them you know and i just figured well that's how it'll work you know and uh we had kind of a small class and it didn't really dawn on me i was too young to understand that you know the fact that there was like you know 22 guys and two girls that didn't really work out like i wasn't i just figured i don't know about the other uh the other 20 guys in class i just figured they would. <laughs> I, I just figured they'd just fade out of existence, and then I'd just choose one, and that would be that, right? So, But usually what you do is if you have something that's good enough, right? So uh, um, then you, you would take it, and then you would work to have a good marriage, and then at the end of the process, you end up with having a great marriage. So – a lot of times people, and, and and this is both guys and gals, but uh, I'm going to pick on the gals a little bit here, is that they will make a decision. And, and uh, like this person, this TikTok video that I have on the thread, where this person is basically saying that good isn't great. So I'm going to reject good and I'm going to go for great. Well, there's very little awareness here that rejecting good may mean that great is impossible so we're not applying any sort of nuance and we're not projecting out the decisions that we make yeah yeah and, and so uh where you know we have this uh uh th- these different um uh, these different mindsets here and so i think a lot of times when women make these decisions and they 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 they, they, they tend to form their life around them i think a lot of times guys who are more pragmatic. Uh, uh they 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 tend they, the women can come off as being aloof and the guys can take it personally and so this and again this is not new okay like right now this is where revenge porn comes in but revenge porn necessitates um that you actually have like a real picture and then you're going to put it out there for people or whatever yeah. uh now ai porn is going to be a whole different story because guys are going to have the ability to create fake pictures and just Flood whatever space it is, you know, whatever virtual space it is with the AI porn until the the person who they're directing it at, you know, has to deal with it or, you know, which is probably pretty negative for them. So I think that men are going to end up using it as a weapon. It's not very healthy. I don't think that's a good thing. Uh, Women, I think, as a uh, as a gender, I think as a reaction As a reaction, what they will do is they're going to end up monetizing this, right? So this is, it sounds, if I say crazy, if I say that this is crazy, uh, you really have to think about OnlyFans and uh, and you have to think about homosexuality in schools, right? If 20 years ago I told you that, okay, 20 years from now, young women are going to be voluntarily... You know, and I won't say it because I know you get embarrassed when I do. But you know, like they're (laughs) going to be doing all sorts of things, right? They're going to be doing the thing, and then they're going to put it out, and then they're going to put out for the price of a hamburger. And when somebody pays for it, they're going to be pretty darn happy that it happened.
2: This used to be something that was confined to like maybe Vegas and Amsterdam, right? (laughs) Right, there you go. That's right. I read something about oh. Is just to lighten the mood real quick. Sure. I read something about Amsterdam. All these cheery episodes we're putting out here. Yesterday. <laughs> well, this is kind of funny. <laughs> right. And then it said like uh, Amsterdam is cracking down on activities in the red light district. Yes, I saw this. So the first thing I'm thinking is prostitution. Right. That's no. right. Nope. Now they basically want to cut down on the weed smoking in public, right? And put like a like a like a not a harsh curfew, but a little bit of a curfew, right? They're basically like, can y'all just like keep the weed just inside and like no prostitution like after five, okay? Right. I'm like, that's right, exactly. I'm like, what? Right. Right.
1: I'm no. expecting like, okay, and we're and gonna here's have a deal. modern country. Nope. No, here's the deal, and this is why it's so. Outrageous that this happened, right? So effectively in Amsterdam, the rest of the world was basically normal. And then Amsterdam was like, well, we need some tourists. So we need to have prostitution, we're gonna have weed smoking, we're gonna have it all. And we're gonna put it out there and it's gonna be Mardi Gras 24/7. You ever been to Amsterdam? Right? Well, no, I've not. I have okay. So you have. So oh, yeah. effectively, right? So Amsterdam, this is how it worked for a while, but here's what here's the kicker, right? Now the rest of the world is caught up, and now the whole world is like that. So now Amsterdam wants to be more conservative because they need to be more- they need to go the other way to get the families and get the traditional people to come there because going to Amsterdam is like going is like stepping out your front door. If
2: what they put out is conservative to them, they are so like used to they're they're so complacent in their life. Like, it's beyond where I thought they could possibly be. Like, <laughs> what's normal to them is just, wow. If that was a crackdown to them? Seriously? Yeah, yeah. What? Like, just... Well, no, but I mean, they're moving in a different direction, though. I mean, I, the red light districts... In it's a, it's a different direction, but my goodness. that That is, like, still... Like, that's that's worse than, like, uh, what, St. Catherine Street? They've actually cleaned that up up in Montreal... Man, I'm sound. That sounds bad. I know about all these places. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's brothels outside of Vegas, right? Um, so you get on me about reading OnlyFans. Hey, I had a, I had a previous life. I try <laughs> to avoid this stuff now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all cleaned up now in Amsterdam. You can go there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can probably go do some street preaching. An- anything after five is is very nice, very very conservative. Oh, okay. It's kid friendly, you know. Not during the day. Just stay no. inside your house. <laughs> so I've not been, so I'm not sure what it's like. I can't believe it's like the nighttime they want to clean up. Like, let let the nighttime go. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, they want to clean up the nighttime. That's, that's strange. I mean, that's probably
1: when the tourists are out. See, it's all about the tourists, you know. It's like that uh, famous postmodern philosopher Tony Kornheiser once said, you know, the answer to all your questions is money.
2: I had a, I, When I was in Amsterdam, I, I literally had a girl be like, how long you got? Because she's like, well, she asked me if I was American first. Yeah. Not really something you want to admit in a foreign country when you're like, in uniform, which I was. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Iraqis don't like me. Oh, so you guys like me, right, right, right. So I'm like, yeah. So how much time you got? Like, oh, like six hours, six and a half hours, something like that. Why don't you come with me? No. <laughs> right, no, Yeah, yeah. How about no? Oh wow.
1: Why? Just because you had, because you had money, right? Probably.
2: Pro- I, th- I think, so. looking back now, at what I know now about how foreigners view us, um, yeah. probably, but uh, think about trying to meet a woman online today, right? Yeah, sure. You need three references. Yeah, right, okay? right. A blood sample, copy your driver's license. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious, man. Right, right, and She's right. going to bring two of her friends, right? Uh, and you're going to meet at like a police station or a bank yep, with cameras. That's right. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. This woman, did, I ain't never met her in my life. I'm from a whole different country. Yeah. She's like, come with me. Oh, wh- what? That's how free spirited Amsterdam is. Wow. That place is. Yeah, pretty free spirited. That is next level. Man. Next level. Yep. Oof, man, unreal. So. Wow. Yeah. So
1: I really do. I feel like that the women are going to, uh, I feel like they're going to uh, monetize this in some way. And so the way that it would get monetized is that a woman would basically give permission for uh, an AI person to use their face and likeness in all sorts of AI porn. And then what would happen is they would receive a cut for everybody that purchased or used it. Uh, in in terms of monetization, and they probably would own it. They'd probably go on social media and, you know, lay claim to the fact that it's all fake and uh that only their um, and that only their, um, uh, and that only their uh, likeness, their face was real. Yeah. and that uh they probably would, um, they probably would, would own it, and then they'd uh, try to use it to I- increase the exposure. And if somebody tried to shame them, they would just say, oh, well, it's fake, and it's all in your mind, so you're really the perfect.
2: Yeah, what do you have to lose?
1: Exactly, and they don't have anything to lose from it. And everything everything, is is, is already here, okay? So if you look, I have a second thread here because the first thread was too long. Uh, so I'm still learning how to do this, and so uh, apparently I'm not... These mega threads are a thing of the past. I won't be doing that any longer. <laughs> uh, but the... um. Uh, so the uh, it was too much, too much, too soon. So I learned that lesson. But so, uh, but anyhow, uh, no, it really isn't. So, uh, Helen Roy talks about it here. You know, if the only thing that right-wing men have to offer women is the threat that you're going to be undesirable soon, so give me babies before you're worthless, then there's no good reason for women not to go full girl boss straight to the sun with an army of cats and cocktails, right? If you if you engineer marriage love, and children out of society, then you're going to have an entire gender which basically is going to exist
2: to exploit
1: and make money, right? I mean... Yep. Yeah, I mean, really. That's...
2: uh, that's yeah, people probably don't see it as this, but it's incentivizing.
1: Yeah, no, it really is. And then we have this, uh, I have another um, uh, from Pokimane, uh, I believe, who I think is the uh, the successor to Boomer Girl, I think. I mean, I know almost nothing about this whole subculture, uh, except to know that I know it's called E-girl subculture, I think. Yeah. <laughs> And I think it exists on Twitch, and, and I'm not really sure, but I know that it's massive, and I know there's a lot of people that know a lot of stuff about all the people, okay. and, and outside of that, I don't really know much, but there's this one uh, uh, retweet that I have here at Pokimane, where basically what she says is the tweet is stop sexualizing people without their consent, and that should not be happening. However, the picture that's posted uh, uh, with this message is a picture where she is uh, objectivizing and sexualizing herself, like, to the max. And so the whole con... If you go to the... Now, I'm not going to do this because of time purposes but if you go to that tweet and you look at the comments of the tweet you'll see in the tweet people accuse Pokimane of being a hypocrite and then Pokimane's defenders all come in and they all point out they say no 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 they say Pokimane doing it herself is perfectly fine as a matter of fact it's a good thing because she's consenting so as long as she consents it's a good it's it's good thing but when when it happens without the consent that's when it should be illegal. And so uh, that is a very dangerous precedent because try to extrapolate that into a world where people use AI porn to flood the market with fake digital images of themselves. So effectively, you have Mary and you have Jane. So Mary says, well, I am going to be a righteous person and I don't want to be objectivized. So I want to live. a uh, I identify as living a pure lifestyle. And then you have, uh, then you have Jane, and Jane's like, oh no, like I identify as being like the oncoming storm, and I'm just gonna flood like every television set within a thousand miles with virtual pictures of of my whatever. And so you have these two things that exist on extreme. So. In this world, both women are acting appropriately. They're both acting according to their to, to their own identity, their own self-made identity, their own self-made good, and they're both putting forth good into the world based on everyone else's self-chosen identity. So there's no bad going on here. There's only good that's going on, even though you have two actions which exist on an extreme end of the moral spectrum. Uh, and so the the whole idea that consent is can work within the context uh, is is a mess and the next tweet that I have is uh, uh, is a tweet and and maybe if you're not thinking about it you're thinking that this doesn't make a lot of sense it's total sense and I'm talking about the woman who's talking about the the twerking did do, do you remember that one yeah. Okay, so this yeah. woman is talking about twerking, and so I guess she, she's talking about uh, uh, Latin cultures, and she's talking about African cultures, and she's making this claim that, uh, uh, that in these cultures, twerking is a way that uh, people can—they um, they, they exercise, like, excess spirituality— and how, like, when trauma enters their world, and then they, they, they internalize this trauma, and then the trauma exists within them. And, and let one and, of my daughters say it to me. <laughs> said, and then with this trauma, they, it has nowhere to go. And so there's, like, it has to be, like, this expression. It builds up. And so then it it, it, it comes out. And so for the female, uh, and, and this isn't me, okay? So if you think I'm crazy, I, this isn't my idea. I'm just saying what... what I'm saying with these other he people He just are finds saying. it. So if you haven't seen it before... And so what they're saying is that in, in the female, that th- this, this access energy comes out through the hips. And so it's expressed... It, it, it builds there. So it's like builds in the hips. And then when it becomes too traumatic and it has to come
2: out that the, 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 it, it comes out in the shaking of the hips and the butt. i with a Puerto Rican girl, and she must have had a lot of trauma. <laughs> That's right, a
1: lot of trauma. So, you know, the, this is stuff that people say seriously, and so they come out, and this is being seriously put forth. And so if you can seriously say these sorts of things, then you better bet your bottom dollar, okay? You better bet every dime that you have that in a world where women can monetize AI porn that you're going to come out with a whole host of stuff. And rationalizations that's going to be put out there, and it's going to be stuff that you're going to have to deal with, I'm going to have to deal with, our kids are going to have to deal with, and everybody's going to have to deal with it, unless we can turn around fast and start heading the other direction. <laughs> which we should. Yeah, which, which <laughs> we should, which we should. I thought it was a, uh, uh, I thought it was a really great uh, tweet um, that uh, from a, a young man named Herschel Miller. Uh, and you can uh, get a hold of Herschel at uh, Mog the Urbanite on Twitter, and what he said was, he said that maybe women will realize that AI porn will be made with one picture of them or their daughters, underage or otherwise. And they will get angry enough to uh, catalyze the next revolt, right? Meaning that they are going to uh, gather together and they are going to revolt against this. However, he says this, doubtful, however, we said this about teaching homosexuality to children a decade ago.
2: Yeah, there there used to be a gate in front of that. Yeah, you know— we don't go to the kids with this. Well, that we, I, that got ran over by a truck. That's
1: right. Remember when I said twenty years ago, if I told you about OnlyFans, you never would have believed me. Mm-hmm. Well, ten years ago, which was uh, but uh, two thousand thirteen, uh, we were debating about whether uh, about whether um, homosexual homosexuals should be allowed to marry. Yeah. And so that was the big debate back then, and uh, I think that the narrative back at that time was, as long as you let them marry, everything will be fine. Then we'll be done. You know, it was kind of like when uh, Barack became president, you know, like I listen, I have a friend of mine who was a really uh, uh, who's a really tight liberal. Right. And the day after I used to work with him. And so uh, the day after uh, Barack Obama got elected, he got elected back in 2008. The day after the the election, I came into work and my friend, a dear friend whom I love, he took me aside, he grabbed me by the shoulder and he came in and he wanted to take me aside because he wanted to say something to me. He knew I'd appreciate. And uh, so we were talking. And he says to me, I says, and he says, I'm just overwhelmed today. And I said, Yeah, I said, You're overwhelmed. I said, Well, you, you must have thought he was probably gonna win and, and you know, and uh and he says like, he says, Yeah, he says, it's not the winning, that's not what I'm talking about. And I, I says, uh and uh um and I said, Well, what are you what are you so angsty about? You know, what what are you concerned about? And he said, I he said, the only thing I can think about all day is that he says, I just want to come into work with a t-shirt that has the words you're like, are we all right now? <laughs> like, is everything I
2: eat right? Are we seriously? Fine? Are we good? Right? I I've voted like, for Obama, so yeah. I'll, I'll take credit on that one. And he goes, he goes. I just want to wear a T-shirt to work that has the words, "Are we fine now? Are we
1: okay now?" You know, on the front of it. And I just want to walk around, and
2: I just want everybody to see it. That's kind you know. of how I felt for years. I was like, "We had a black president. Can everyone shut up now?" Right. Like, are we okay now? Like, can, can we can we move beyond this now? We had a black president for eight years, right? No, It's only got worse. Right.
1: No, I know, and that's the thing, is that, in, in, what he was saying to me, the unspoken part of what he was saying to me was that he was thinking, you know, this is probably going to get worse before it gets better, and and he's exact, and that's exactly what's been happening, you know, and so, um, and so. Just because you—and that was where we were in 2014. You know, we thought in 2008, if we elected a black president, then we wouldn't have to worry about black versus white uh, uh, glass ceiling anymore. That issue would go away, and it's only gotten worse. And in 2014, they said, if you let the homosexuals marry, and they can marry just like everyone else can marry, and it's equal, we have equality, then no more problems. Well, now, 10 years later— Here we are, 10 years later, and now they openly advocate and teach homosexuality as normative behavior in the public schools. And no one saw this coming in 2013. Nobody. Right. Right? So 10 years from now, in 2033 or 2034, you know, if if we're still around, right, this could be a completely and totally normal thing. Lord help us. (laughs) Man, I tell you, wow. Well, yeah, and uh, boy, uh, look for more earthquakes, people. (laughs) For more earthquake, earthquakes and balloons and uh, famines, pestilence, all coming. Trust me, and acid rain. Don't forget about the acid rain. I gotta have acid rain and euthanasia
2: and. Yeah, don't get old.
1: All right, so there you go. So today, so thank you for listening to Tom and Steve. Today we have covered the cheery part of our uh, experience here on Earth. What have we? Euthanasia, mass famine. Uh, we have um, um, unverifiable technology, government conspiracy. Uh, we have human depravity, and we have the advent of virtual artificial intelligence porn that's going to take over your life. All right. Well, thank you for listening so far, and uh, we will see you next time.
0: I am a sick man. I am a spiteful man. I am an unattractive man. I believe my liver is diseased. I felt them positively swarming in me, these opposite elements. They drove me to convulsions and sickened me. I did not know how to become anything, neither spiteful nor kind, neither a hero nor an insect. Now I am living out my life in my corner, taunting myself with the spiteful and useless consolation. Even if I had had magnanimity, I should only have had more suffering from the sense of its uselessness. It is only the fool who becomes anything. The whole principle falls into dust. Tom and Steve listen to the spirit of the age. All they hear is notes from Blunderground.